This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to Enterprise BizWise. I'm Rich Bradbury, joined in the studio by... Roshan Kennison. It is Friday, June the 16th, coming up to uh, 12.06 here in the studio. Uh, weekend, weekend, weekend coming up, of course. Plans, Roshan, for the weekend? We can do what, sorry? We- <laughs> you know I can turn off your microphone, right? Don't do that. Uh, uh, weekend plans, let's take a look. I've got a Friends Quiz tomorrow, doing season three this time around. Um got some family player family players fa- family prayers happening okay. over the weekend oh. i'm going to try and watch the flash i'm really looking uh-huh, forward uh-huh. to this michael oh, keaton I don't know about the reviews of that mm. you know what mm. it, michael keaton as batman again is good enough for me to go and see this mm. also it's a bit of excitement uh, it's been a while since i've you know it's been a bit of a slow start but i, I can't keep up with the movies rich it's like transformers is out yeah. you know uh, flash is out yeah it, Spider-Verse. I haven't watched in, uh, Into the Spider-Verse Part me, 2. Me neither. And I've neither. heard stellar reviews for that yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, I'm heading out of the... Uh, I'm actually heading out of town. I'm, I'm going out station. Jealous, uh, jealous. Uh, I'm going to be jumping on a plane, heading up to Langkawi, doing a little bit over there. Enough about our lives, though, over the weekend. Mm. And, of course, uh, before we get onto the topic of what we're doing today, uh, a couple of pieces uh, of news that we've both come across <laughs> and we both found a little bit interesting today um, that have happened over the past few days, and we haven't really had chance to discuss them, dissect them, but we think they're, f- they're fairly relevant. One of the <clears> things that I came across um, last night, actually, is I was kind of not doom scrolling, but going through ah, my... Yes, of course. You know what we do at night. Yeah. Uh, and this was about um, the European Parliament. They voted in favour of this thing called the Quality Traineeship Report. Hmm. And it moves one step closer to banning unpaid internships across the EU. So these new rules aim to prevent the exploitation of trainees, setting a minimum quality standards and ensuring internships are, quote, adequately compensated, you know, covering things like essential medical costs. Uh, and so the Youth Forum's um, guy, Mark McNulty, hailed this vote as a decisive step towards ensuring fair entry into the labor markets. Now, unpaid internships, as you know, uh, they create inequality, they can inflict mental health strain on interns. Uh, and this thing is non-binding, uh, but it, it indicates this desire to establish a directive. And I know it's not here. I know it's in the EU. But when you start seeing things like this happen elsewhere, it kind of makes you stop and think for a minute. You know, what was your internship? What was my internship? What was I going through like, through at that period of time? And how it directly impacted where I am today? And did it even impact where I am you today? You are going existential today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. All right. We're going deep. Um, you know, Rich, I've got some thoughts on this as well, yeah. right? Because while I... Europe in general is very regulatory centric. You know, they're, they're that, always that's a very polite way. Of they're putting always it. putting things. Uh, you know, they always want to put some rules ahead. They make yeah. it tough for businesses to operate. You know, I recently learned that in Italy, the minute you get confirmed, um, let's say three months yeah. and one day you're confirmed already. If you quit or you're fired the next day, that's twelve months severance. Yeah. So yeah. you can see why it's a bit more complicated for businesses to start up in in the in Europe, which is, explains why they're so behind in terms of startups and yeah. stuff like that. Now, internship side, like I, I understand and I like it, but at the same, in that same vein, I'm just trying to figure out with what kind of downstream effects you would have from that. Mm, mm. Um, and while Europe can do it, I, it, I wonder how the rest of the countries will follow, if at all, right? Because it's a it's a competitive marketplace, right? Because the argument on the other side is, um, you're an intern, you wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. Uh, 
if I had to pay you, you wouldn't get this opportunity. Right, so right. it really depends on the company as well. I'm not saying that it's right. Um, I definitely was paid as an intern, so mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there are mixed bag industries here that mm-hmm. we know, um, w- without going too in depth, uh, that they do not pay a lot of their interns. Yeah, right? uh, and and that for me is, is something that I honestly feel needs looking into. But I, I feel you know this is a, a bright spark coming out of Europe, and as you say, sometimes they're still prehistoric when it comes to the, their rules and regulations. But you know they're getting there. What did you uh, find? So last night, Startup Genome gave uh, uh, revealed their report for the startup e- the global startup ecosystem for 2023. This is an annual report. They are part, one of their partners is Crunchbase as well, and they take yeah. a look at the global ecosystem. Um, so some of the highlights from this one is that the top three ecosystems have maintained their ranking positions from 2020. So uh, any guesses who's at the top? No, go on. Silicon Valley, of course. Of course. Followed by New York City and London tied for second. Uh, Silicon the Valley continues to dominate despite having a reduced market share of the value of the ecosystem. Yeah. Series A uh, deals contracting by 75%, uh, while Series B increased by 73%. One of the interesting uh, tidbits here was Singapore jumped from 18 to 8. Wow. Big, big jump for them. But the great thing about this report, and I generally recommend that you go and download it and take a look at it, is that it gives you in-depth into different cities, right? So they're not looking at countries, but cities. Yeah, yeah. So Kuala Lumpur is here as well. It's ranked 21st to 30th in terms of it's in an emerging ranking. And you got all sorts of data points here. So they, the ecosystem value for Malaysia from the second half of 2020 to 2022 is $46 billion. Uh, time to exit on average is about 8.1 years with exit amounts ranging uh, on average about 41 billion. So a lot of information here mm. uh, in terms of the startup ecosystem here in Malaysia and definitely something we're going to be following up mm-hmm. uh, next week to kind of deep dive into the ecosystem here, where we are now and where where do we go next. Mm. Um, something else that caught my attention, Rich, is the fact that TikTok, TikTok um, yes. wants to spend some money here in Southeast Asia. Reportedly, they want to invest $12.2 million over the next three years to help to help around 120,000 small businesses in the region move their operations online through their platform. This is interesting because TikTok Shop has been accelerating its growth in terms of e-commerce. Yep. Yep. So if you take a look at Southeast Asia e-commerce in 2022, uh, no surprises at the top is C Group uh, in terms of global merchandise value. I know they, they are heavily they pushing are, that. They yeah. are big. So Shopee is $48 billion in GMV, followed by Lazada, which is half of that, by the way, $20 mm. billion. Then Tokopedia and Bukalapa. And then finally, $4.4 billion is TikTok Shop. So growing very fast, considering that it's relatively new. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of growth in e-commerce. Uh, 52% of GMV in the region comes from Indonesia. Mm. No surprises there. Mm. 300 million mm. people there. But Singapore and Malaysia rank uh, quite highly in GMV per capita as well. Mm. So interesting to see how TikTok puts its money to work for SMEs in the region, uh, how they work with Malaysia. Definitely something maybe we should give them a little bit of a ring. Say, hey, what's up? I was just going to say it's about time I called my friends over at TikTok, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, um, <laughs> of course, we do have a topic for you today. Uh, we do have a guest as well. Uh, she'll be joining us in the studio uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to be pivoting now uh, from uh, TikTok stores to something a, a, a bit different. And last year, um, CFOs were having a bit of a difficult time with, with trying to get talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it, there's a whole bunch of different conversations happening right now. And the talent recruitment landscape has significantly evolved over the last few years. And the COVID-19 pandemic has only accelerated these changes. We're witnessing updates to policies and more flexible work hours and benefits 
benefits uh, to cater to the changing interests of the workforce. And here at BFM, our conversations with various service providers that closely collaborate with corporate HR teams often highlight this major concern that we mentioned, retaining talent rather than merely attracting it. The question is, how can corporations motivate their teams and support their evolving work interests? Um, If you have thoughts on this throughout the show, get us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number, 018-789-8899. Get us on Twitter as well. We're at BFM Radio. And the reason that we're talking about this is because this issue came to the forefront last week when Google announced plans to enforce its flexible work policy. The tech giant faced backlash after requesting employees to spend at least three days a week in the office. Amazon, they also reversed a similar policy after its employees expressed dissatisfaction. Yeah, so this is really interesting, Rich. Uh, You're starting to see tech companies in the US trying to pull back people to the office. Uh, One of the things that I saw in reports was uh, people are saying, check my work, not my badge. Right. Uh, So this is this this story around productivity. Uh, In a related, uh, on a related note, we also saw Samsung, uh, South Korean giant Samsung, jump on a four-day work week bandwagon. So it's going to be giving its staff one Friday off each month in a bid to retain talent. So not every week, Uh a month. But it is... It is for a manufacturer to go in that direction. It does show the leverage, mm. the potential leverage that people are having in terms of this hybrid working environment, demands from talent. Because while there is, you know, uh, while there have been a lot of layoffs, companies still want to retain the valuable talent, right? So let how me do you throw a statistic there? out for you, right? Throw it at me. A US-based staffing firm, Robert Half, found that uh, 50% of employees are willing to quit if their remote working arrangements aren't accommodated. Wow. Just let that sink in for a sec. Now, and last week, of course, we discussed this shift with Thoughtful, a digital mental health service provider. We did that on Open for Business, and that conversation underscored that today's predominantly younger workforce prioritizes mental health, work-life balance, and uh, fair compensation while selecting potential employees. And in some cases, people are even willing to accept lower wages in exchange for better control over their work hours and emotional well Yeah, I remember speaking to Joan about this last week, and um, what she was telling me is that HR managers are increasing becoming more, uh, how do we keep people in the office? How do we attract talent in a way? And obviously uh, for her, mental wellness uh, packages was a way to do it. Uh, but you're seeing a lot of employee wellness packages come through in a, in a bid to help retain this, right? So if we can keep you working, but help through your mental breakdown with uh, <laughs> mental health, uh, mental health uh, you know, maybe that will help us overall. Uh, but on a somewhat lighter note, and this is something that I picked up earlier this week, um, uh, French football star Kylian Mbappe recently announced his decision that he would not be renewing his contract with PSG. So it's still up in the air. Anything can happen here. But he's 24 years old. Yeah. He's one of the best players on earth. He's got 10 years, 15 years more of his career. You know, He could be in the Premier League or whatever top league for another six, seven years and go to MLS and make more money there. Um, but I guess this highlights again, when you were negotiating with top talent, Sometimes money isn't enough. Right. So what then do you negotiate? You know, so maybe for for Mbappe, beyond money, it is he wants to do something else. He's bored. He's been at PSG for some time now. Maybe he wants a bigger challenge. Now, now, of course, with these considerations in mind, BizBytes today, we're going to be focusing on talent retention, of course, specifically addressing the challenges of catering to employees' evolving interests, let's say. We're going to be exploring steps corporations should take to keep their teams engaged 
content and still performing like a mape at their best. Again, <laughs> we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we do have a guest coming in. It is Kana Tan. She is a senior human resources manager. We're going to be asking her a whole bunch of questions about how COVID has changed things, uh, maybe a couple of successful case studies and more. And if you have an opinion on this, get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 0187898899. We are on Twitter, of course. That's at BFM Radio. Short break with some music from the Queens of the Stone Age, the way you used to be here on BFM 89.9. Breakfast for Masters, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined in the studio by... Roshan Kennison. Now, um, after our introduction a little bit earlier on, on this Friday, the 16th of June, 12.22, coming up to 12.23, of course, we've decided today we're going to be speaking about talent retention because I'm taking a break next week and I can't retain my talent for next week. Uh, A couple of days, anyway. Uh, Now, we're we're talking about... All by myself There's a song there somewhere. (laughs) Now, of course, uh, this landscape has uh, significantly evolved over the years and the pandemic has only accelerated some of these changes. Uh, We're witnessing updates to policies, more flexible work hours and benefits to cater uh, to the changing interests of the workforce. Um, If you want to get in touch with us during this show, get us via WhatsApp, 018789-8899. Twitter, we are at BFM Radio. And and as mentioned uh, just before the break, we have been joined in the studio by Kana Tan. She is a senior human resources manager. Uh, Kana, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you, Richard and Roshan, for having me here today. Absolute pleasure. Kana, I just want to get straight into things. Uh, Now, we've talked about COVID, obviously, quite a lot over the last couple of years, not because we've wanted to, but because we've had to. Uh, And this has influenced a lot of things, uh, particularly some of the strategies that companies use to retain top talent. Uh, What changes do you see um, now in this post-pandemic era? Um, Okay. Coming back to the, going back to the pandemic, right? So there's a shift of mindset. Everything has to change where people have to start arranging on uh, working remotely, hybrid works. And uh, there are also organizations where they are not allowed to travel due to the industry. So uh, coming back to the post-pandemic, I would say that um, to retain talent, because during that two years, I think everyone has adjusted. Most of them adjusted to working at home yeah. or on a very flexible arrangement. Yeah. So due to that, they have also changed their lifestyle and a commitment at work, at home. Mm-hmm. So um, for the employer side to retain their top talents, they need to focus at a few areas. You know, what is uh, the purpose they are driving and the driven culture that they have um, newly changed. Yeah, uh, they have to change the mindset of the culture, learning and de- development and upskilling to retain their top talents. Because um, during that, um, definitely during that time, there are organizations that they have to go through right sizing, um, uh, dismissal of uh, retention, uh, retrenchment, I would right. say. So right now, they need, the, as business are coming back, as they are you now booming again, who are the people who has been actually staying back and supporting them during that time? And at the time, definitely there are a huge number of employees who are able to do more because as they stay on and uh, whether they went through pay cuts or not, they stay on and strive through with the company. So right now, is they still have to focus on the development. Basically, besides talent management, this will actually enhance in the retention of the staff, you know, the people in the organisation. So the communication has to be very transparent the direction of the company, where they are heading right now, you know, what are their goals, what are their values, you know, for people to actually see future working with them. Mm. And besides the um, 
I would say the remuneration package, you know, it's the sense of belonging, the happiness of, you know, growing with the company. I think the management side, whether it's from the human resource or from top bottom down, bottom up, everyone has a role to play mm-hmm. to feel that you have to be part of this um, post-pandemic era to see how we can progress further. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, kind of, um, a lot of times, I mean, a lot of what you're saying that in theory sounds uh, correct, right? right. Uh, but it, it can be hard to visualize that or contextualize that into our daily lives. Now, talent management and retention is especially important for smaller companies because in a company of 10 people, you lose one person, that's 10% of your workforce. You right. know, It's a big deal. And you know, sometimes you don't have the infrastructure to go out and hire in a quick and fast fashion. So maybe you can share with us some successful case studies of companies that have, you know, effectively retained top talent so that, you know, they don't mm. have to go through the cost of reacquiring talent out there. Any examples that you can share with us? Um, all right. Uh, personally, I, one of my ex-company, my ex-boss, um, whom I worked many years ago, uh, reading from his uh, stories and um, timelines and feeds, right? Uh, during the pandemic, they did not have any pay cards. And uh, although, you know, in the marketing fields or in the branding fields, there, there are a lot of things that they can't do at a time. But what do they do? They're upskilling their employees. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of e-learnings uh, because during even though the HRD Corp, you know, they have a lot of our learnings online. And uh, at a time also, there are a lot of um, learning programs are actually being subsidized for free for most SMEs. You know, so these are from, they, they, are the, they targeted uh, employees to upskill because they are the one not because they stay put and strive through with the company but they see potential and these are people where they need or we need to for them to actually speed up you know when business starts coming in so during that time is the best time to upskill all right to whether it's your soft skill or your technical skill because um in this uh, current generation we see a lot of uh, young managers young leaders actually booming up yeah. right so um it is very important to groom them to coach them and mentor them and then they must understand the company goals and direction in order to do that coaching has to come in mm. so you need to learn something not what you have studied in your university or college but it's more on what you can apply to the workplace based on the culture and the business line yeah that kind of leads me nicely onto to, to the next question about values and you know and, and with these younger people coming in uh, and becoming younger managers and how important do you think it is for these companies to align their values uh, with those of their employees in order to retain them can you give me some examples of how this alignment can can maybe be reached okay um definitely uh, i myself find that core values is very important for every um organizations yeah because the values you're going to carry throughout as long as the um organization or the company is there, is alive, you know, it's going to carry lifetime with them. So it's basically a goal. Everyone will have a mission and a vision statement, but the core values is something that it will carry into our personal behavior, our growth. So for like, whether young managers or more senior people, you need to really carry and understand the definition of why these core values are being created for each uh, organization. So if you have to say be professional, for an instance, you have to be professional of who you are, the position they are in, the people you are dealing with and when you represent yourself and the company and uh, there are many times we we would want to see or many bosses want to see by taking ownership yeah yeah so if you can That's take a, ownership seems to be a big thing right yes but yeah. uh, it's also very strong not every it sounds 
simple, but not everyone can actually um, yeah. apply I, it. I mean, yeah. even when we, I remember when we first had, we were doing our reviews, for example, here internal reviews, and that comes up as uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the KPIs. You know, ownership of the company, yeah. ownership of the product, and I think. At the time, some of our staff struggled to understand what that means. You know, how much of an ownership do you have over your company? Just can you just break that down? What what it means to you in an HR kind of perspective? Yeah, sure. So basically, um, taking ownership. You know, you have ownership of your job. Yeah. Right. So basically, you are part of the company. You are not. You don't think yourself as an employee. You don't carry yourself and behave just because of your job grade. You know, we all started from somewhere. Yeah. Was, you know, we are we grow from a blank piece of. Paper. Paper, right. Yeah. So how we draw a career, how we climb the ladder is how we carry ourselves and be able to adapt to the culture, the roles and responsibility that was given unto us. So basically you need to, you know, be think as a business owner. You know, you have to sometimes it's not easy, you know, but as you have if you have the right leaders, you know, right uh, people who actually grow you and, you know, teach you at your workplace or wherever you are, you'll be able to adapt. So when you grow, right, you know, you will learn to think, okay, this is basically, I'm not just doing this because I'm hired to do, but this, what are the expectations that were set upon me mm-hmm. and why do I need to meet this expectation? So all this, if you have a very clear direction, very clear goals, right, you will eventually lead towards the company goals as well. So then that is where you take ownership, you take it very seriously that, I'm not doing this just because I need to do it. I need to understand why I'm doing this and what would be the outcome. Yeah. You know, kind of like ownership uh, can be very powerful and you've yes. given us a lot of like detail there. Um, but some it's, it's easier said than done, right? Because sometimes it has to be aligned with incentives or so, I feel. Yes. Um, either you have to have a company that has um, ESOS, but that's only for startups, really, <laughs> yeah. and smaller mm-hmm. companies. Or you align pay packages and compensation with or bonuses with mm. performance and how your work outside of your current division. How do you, as a HR manager, how do you think about um, what kind of, not just, not advice, right, but what kind of thoughts do you have for business owners and employers out there in terms of how they can tap into ownership to, how can they increase ownership, basically? Uh, Okay, another would be quite a strong word also, uh, but I would say it's empowerment. Right, you need to empower them. You know, give them the authority to share their ideas to run the projects. If I throw one project to you, it's going to be very new. You know, it's like just throwing a, a toddler into a pool, yeah. right? Mm. So basically, they have to learn to swim. But you do not leave them there to drown. The support <laughs> must always be there, <laughs> right? That's a I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, empowerment. You need to empower them. You know, and with the empowerment, why I say it's a very uh, strong word as well because trust has to come in. If you're going to empower someone because you do not have someone who runs the project, then that's not empowerment. When you delegate a job, whether it's for a young manager or young leader or could be someone just an intern, you know, you need to let them know that you have the authority to come up with your ideas. You have to come up whether if you're doing a presentation, come up with your proposal and we, we will give you the support. So when you give them the trust and you hear them, because the younger generations now, they want to be heard. They want to show that they can actually do it rather than, I would say maybe of the stubbornness, you know, because we face a lot of our younger generations, our employees as well. So they just want to show that they can do it. No, they have the power to do it. But if let's say there's no trust, you know, there's no empowerment, no authority given to them to speak their mind. So there would not be any sense of uh, ownership there. Mm. Because they think, I'm just doing because you say so. Mm. I give my opinion, but you Don't come back to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so that is why that will actually divert them to the more of the uh, 
negative kind of view, demotivated. Right, yeah. right. And I think it's also important to recognize that when we talk about ownership as well, that comes with responsibility, yes. right? You don't just give people ownership and be like, oh, there's no downside here. There yes. is, because when you're running a project, and while we don't be, leave people to drown, obviously, <laughs> um, if that falls apart, that really is on you, right? Yes. So that's the double-edged sword when it comes to ownership. Mm. Mm. Okay, we're speaking with Kana Tan. She's a senior human resources manager. We're talking about talent retention. We've just been speaking a little bit, of course, about ownership. We've got some other topics that we're going to get through uh, things like compensation, high-value employees. What do they demand and how do we hold on to them? That's particularly what we're interested in. Get us via WhatsApp if you have any questions. 018-789-8899. We're on Twitter at BFM Radio. Some music now. Get yourself a dancing around, Roshan. It's a Jackson 5 with the dancing machine here on BFM 89.9. Better finance management. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes, folks. Uh, my name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined in the studio by... Roshan Kennison. Now, I wish we had a video camera. You couldn't see it, but Roshan, of course, was dancing uh, during the break to... Uh, he's lies and slander. Lies and slander. It's Friday, you know. He's, he's, he's getting interested and excited. Uh, now, of course, uh, we the are... Dancing is for after 10 p.m., yeah, that, That's right. All right, okay, okay. <laughs> now, of course, we are talking about talent retention and uh, the recruitment landscape has changed over the years uh, and um, it's only accelerated a bunch of changes and we're witnessing updates to how uh, policies and more flexible work hours and benefits are, you know, it, it, they've, they've come to help cater to the changing interests of the workforce. Yeah, I mean, some of the, the pieces of news that really spurred this conversation today was the fact that Samsung and South Korean giant Samsung is looking to introduce some kind of hybrid work environment yeah. Right now, they're looking at one month, one Friday a month, work from home kind of situation, day off. So that's, I mean, it's a push in the right direction. But on the uh. flip side, you have the big tech giants who are now incentivizing people to come back to the office and now pushing it in a way that, you know, Google's like, uh, come back to the office. Yeah. I think there was a there was one of one of them had a concert in the office to kind of bring people back. So Aye. it's showing you this kind of dilemma because when you talk to when you're talking about high value, because they've all fired everyone they need mm. to fire already, mm. right? So you can't fire beyond this already before before losing your business capabilities. Yeah. So now how do you get people um, willingly to come back to the office? That's the question. You see, that's the pitch he's giving you, folks. But really, this news story was hooked on the fact that Mbappe uh, was, has recently announced his Rich, decision you, to you, leave you PSG. me here, but yes, that's correct. <laughs> now, of course, we do have Kana Tan in the studio with us. She's a uh, senior human resources manager. Now, uh, Kana, just, just, just to move on a little bit, um, I, I think... The question I want to ask is now, how can companies effectively balance this need for um, remote work flexibility, which, of course, a lot of us do like, with the benefits of in-person collaboration to help retain their employees? And the reason I ask this is because, as we discussed during the break, we've invited you to the studio. And a lot of the times when you've kind of uh, assisted us with content, you've been out of the studio. And the difference between being out of the studio and in the studio is a big difference. You, you, there's a different yeah. energy, there's a different vibe. Uh, and so we can understand how some people like one and some people like the other, right? Right, correct. Okay, so what do you think um, is this, uh, how can they balance this this need for people who want to work flexibly and for those bosses who, I guess, want to see your face, for lack of a better term? <laughs> right. Um, it actually all drills down to the productivity of the individual. Right. Yeah. So if you are talking about flexible working hours or working arrangement, right, it's also um, 
management would actually look at why do you uh, are you requesting that right now you know so we will normally they will look at a case to case basis you know if there's a sense of emergency you need to take care of baby at home but then the question would be will you be able to give a full attention i mean part of your, most of your attention at for at your, for your work or you really need full attention on your child, mm. right? That is uh, an experience that I personally went through. Mm. Yeah, so we, we do measures, you know, we understand due to the pandemic, everyone has been adjusted, you know, adjusting themselves to the working remote kind of practice. Yeah, but um, I, for you, when you ask me sitting in the studio and looking at you, I think I feel more comfortable, you know, like um, I know I'm talking to a person, you know, and uh, someone's actually hearing me out. And because why, when when you have, um, like you say, let's say about KPI or reviewing your performance or your work that you need to speak to someone, right? You need to engage. You need to know whether they're really listening. You know, sometimes eye contacts, you know, uh, the, the uh, body language yeah. is really very important. Yeah, so like if, for me, I'll be more comfortable if I really want to discuss on the project or a, 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 a big topic, right? I would r- rather be, you know, mm. at present at that place mm. instead of being physically mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, there are times where the meeting could have been an email. There are times oh, yes. where the virtual call should have been in person. Right. And there are times a virtual meeting plays out well. Um, Kana, maybe you can give us a bit of a, the sense of, like, the key factors to consider when you look at this, right? Because what we have basically emphasized here is that it is a fluid environment now, yeah. right? Different mm. HR managers and employers now need to be able to, especially for high value talent, need to be able to be flexible in terms of how they negotiate these kind of yes. deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we're getting some messages here about, you know, a lot of it, you know, we're assuming that all leaders are competent to say, uh, to, for lack of a better word, uh, but that's not always the case yeah. here. So how do we take all these factors in um, to consideration and create an environment where the right employees are not the right employees that where you are able to meet employees in the middle all right um communication is very important you need to really uh enhance you know strengthen the communication skills between the employees and the employees that's one uh secondly they being they have to know the sense of belonging. They are included, you know, when the inclusivity, when you speak. Like for example, even let's say it's on a virtual call, right? Um, it would be good practice because I think sometimes all of us will have our videos off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't know who is behind <laughs> there. Even you go on online, then you will have the trainers. You don't even know whether they're at the mama buying food oh, or right. something. Or they're just watching something else, you know, <laughs> playing games. Yeah, so the, the focus, you know, the focus. So how can... You know, an employee convinced, you know, they, they themselves need to play their part. You know, if I want to work remotely and I have a virtual call, my response has to be fast. Mm. My response has to be quick when, when bosses WhatsApp us or, you know, give us a call when we miss a call or through emails. Because that is how one way they measure our quality. You can't be on do not disturb is what Correct. we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then if you're on the video call, you should actually have your video on. And I think many of companies, we have our backdrops, our backgrounds are all the company's um, logo, company's name and all sorts, right? So you need to be involved. You need to communicate with them and then not just listen to what the uh, team leaders or the bosses have to say. If you are actually leading a project or you need to do an update, you must make sure that you are prepared because that is how they also in a way value your productivity and your efficiency of you working out of office. Mm -hmm. So as an individual, we have a role to play. It is our responsibility to convince them that we are able to perform and still provide or even do better even 
if I am given the opportunity to work at home or somewhere out of the office. Now, can a big part of attracting and retaining talent, of course, is money. Huh? Yeah. Let's not run away from yes. that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's often, especially for high value talent, it's often a negotiation that's, uh, that needs to happen yeah. uh, in order to be able to attract and retain that talent. But nowadays, it, there's a lot more emphasis outside of monetary compensation as well. Monetary compensation is taken for granted. This is what I expect. But on top of that, what else can you offer me? How many days in office? What kind of perks? What kind of yoga classes can I get? Do you have mental wellness support? That sort of thing. What's so, for breakfast? What's for yeah. breakfast? Uh, do I have uh, a sous vide uh, thing in the office? What kind of pantry do you have? What office are you working in? I, you I, I, don't know. I, I don't know where I went with that. <laughs> but basically, what kind of pantry you have? What kind of environment? Um, where are you located? All these different factors. So monetary com- compensation is one part of that negotiation and discussion. What else in your in your from your experience do senior or high value employees demand nowadays as part of that negotiation? Mm, okay, just let me start like this. When I walk in, the first thing I saw was your pantry. It was a wow. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I, I had this conversation with my people, my team as well, just recently. It's like uh, we spend most of our time in the office. Yeah. All right. Although the employment acts is 45 hours per week, eight hours per day in a day, right? But due to job obligations, you know, or things that we need to do or to avoid traffic, we spend most of our time in the office. So in, besides just sitting in front of your PC, your desktop, your laptop, right, and just working and completing tasks, there should have we should have some break time, right? So this being um, the sense of belonging is like you know you feel you're at home because like it or not your office is your second home. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, you need to have a place to rest. A lounge area will be good. A comfortable pantry where you can sit comfortably and have your meal or just you know if you want it's your break time you play a game then go oh go ahead yeah so all these perks are actually not necessarily must be monetary you know there are a lot of uh, perks or other activities can that can be done to actually um, make them feel engaged the bonding so for one it could be a town hall you know a, a probably yep. a quarterly or if you do it every month they will find it very routine right wow, but when you should, do it we should <laughs> convey that message <laughs> So if you do it no like a, a town hall or a, a quarterly, but it would be have other updates as well, whether it's sports activities, yeah, uh, engagement activities it could be an ice cream day. I tell you, everyone will be happy I if like you idea, ice cream day. if you call a Milo truck to your office premise. Everyone loves it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, actually, this reminds me of um, you know Crystal, our office manager. On like someday she'll bring in dim sum, yeah. nasi lemak. Yeah, or um, actually, some of our colleagues are really good about this. They'll bring in food for us, and it's just for sure. And it makes such a big difference, right? Um, Ken, I just want to get your your view, like, whether it's yourself or you know other people in the industry that you've spoken to. Um, is there a difference between maybe some of the more legacy traditional companies and and the more newer startup mm-hmm. SMEs, and how they think about perks because from my experience, um, the more older companies, uh, the perks are a bit limited, yeah. although they can be very deep perks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not going to be uh, a hammock in the office kind of situation. Yeah. So um, any observations you can share on that? Yes. Uh, some, those like uh, more traditional one would be, I already paid you enough. so you're <laughs> <laughs> But right now that's not the case anymore. So it could be additional perks could be like you can go for your... Um, 
uh, apart from your annual leave and stuff, right, what are the things that you can claim or you can actually benefit, you know, which is like could be to encourage them on wellness, right? You can encourage them, we pay you. If you go and claim for medical checkup, yeah. your your dental, you know, your optical. And also that, on top of that, there are some companies, they don't provide gym there, but they let you claim a certain amount. Mm-hmm. So uh, unfortunately, it's normally the rate is not fixed. It's based on your job grade as well. Ah, uh, right, yeah. right, right. So, right. Um, but then... Probably there are also in practice where they give you a lump sum where you can claim uh, how many items, but just this maximum capping. So you can go you can go for a spa massage, foot reflex. You know, you're stressed. We can't give you the service here, but we pay you. You can right. go and you can claim. So basically, you must learn to balance yourself. If you're talking about work-life balance, right now, I find myself, I will focus more on work-life harmony. Right, because remotely, if you work remote, you spend more time completing your work later after the working hours because you're at home, right? Or you're just out of office. But so work-life harmony. So if you have the ownership, you have responsibility, you enjoy what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you enjoy being part of the company, you will not be so calculative. But at the same time, when when they give you all this, right, you get to enjoy, okay, right now I'm done, then I have to go for food reflex and stuff like that. Okay. Kara, we are running out of time, but I've got one question for you. And if you were to, um, if a company would come to you and they were going to ask you, what is the one thing that we should do to help retain our talent, our top talent, what would it be? What would your suggestion be? Um, What would my suggestion? Definitely learning and development skills to upskill them Ah. is very, very important. Mm. Yeah, because you can have very good staff. Every individual, you see potential, but when you you want to retain them, means you want them to grow with the company and that would be recognition and promotion. So in order to do that, you need to upskill them, learning and development. Some could be on the technical and many times from middle management up, it could be the soft skill. Yeah. Right. You know, Rich, one of the one of the perks that I underestimated was what you can wear to office. Uh-huh. Um, I have friends um, that have to always wear shirts and pants and all. And when they moved over to semi semi formal, so they could wear polos to work, big big difference to their quality of life and work. And someone has just texted us, class pass, uh, <laughs> and uh, we've got. Uh, OS, uh, OSK here who's saying that he has full flexibility but he goes in when he needs to so again that autonomy that ownership yeah. really plays into all of this I, th- I think it really does help when you have uh, bosses you know who put trust within their staff yes. right? and, and you know it's not necessarily about I need to see you here Correct. at the office yeah. it's all about the productivity and what you present I think that really helps you know? and that goes back to uh, Rizwan's or uh, 5175's point earlier which is basically um, it also d- Leaders are important in this factor, right? Yeah, so for sure. the open-mindedness, the competency yeah. levels of them, because if we overestimate leaders, then there's going to be a gap there nonetheless. And then what Kana said earlier on, the, the ability of these leaders to listen to what their staff are saying, particularly whether it's younger people coming through and giving their advice. Anyway, Kana, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Richard and Roshan. Absolute pleasure having you here in the studio. Uh, now, folks, it's almost time for us to uh, wrap up, of course. But if you did miss any part of this show, don't forget you can download the podcast uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we recommend using the BFM app. That's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. You're staring at me like I've done something oh, wrong. No, no, no staring at you. No worries. Uh, and all, of course, all the major podcast platforms, Rich. Yes. But of course, we recommend the BFM app, like you said, because we 
are biased. Of course we are. <laughs> now, uh, don't go anywhere, though, because coming up after the one o'clock news, it is, of course, the Breakfast Grill replay, primarily involved in shipowning and operating marine vessels for the transportation and offshore storage of oil and gas. EA Technique slipped into PN17 status in February last year and unveiled its regularization plan just a few months ago. Uh, Tantri Abdul Rashid Abdul Manaf also emerged as a white knight by taking a 53% equity stake in the company for 53 million ringgit. Uh, the CEO, Nashville Asni Mohammed Dain, uh, shared on the Breakfast Grill this morning some updates on resolving its financial woes. Uh, financial woes, of course. That's all coming up after the one o'clock news. And to take us up there, it is you two with desire. On behalf of myself, Roshan and Kana, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. We'll be back same time, same place for Enterprise Biz Bites on Monday at noon here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.